you'd like to contact the show, send us an email at liveonfourlegspodcast at gmail.com or get involved in the conversation on social media. Join the Pearl Jam Podcast community group on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Live on Four Legs Pod. So you can see with 27 shows in Boston under our belt, tonight we're going to fuck with things a bit. I hope you're happy about that. And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring... Mr. Stone Gossett! Fucking camera in the truck. everybody now welcome to live on four legs a definitive live pearl jam podcast if you're listening in last week we did seattle 2000 and that's obviously a very popular show this week we're doing boston 2010 this is all part of murderers row month where we're just going and hitting you with great shows memorable shows from great areas next week is going to be philly the week after that is going to be pj 20 night one then pj 20 night two with a munich uh uh the 10 show from munich in 92 kind of spliced in there somewhere yeah there's no lack of content for the next month you guys are going to be set and uh this is the second kind of kind of in the two hole here with another great show with tons and tons of rarities in this set list from the backspacer era which we don't really talk about a whole lot so let's just get into it randy sobel over here john farrar over there hello hello hi um like I mentioned, we don't get into this era very much. So yeah, it's been a while since we've done 2010. And yeah, we done 2010 very many especially. No, and I think that's because we did it in the beginning yeah. because I had been to a couple and I wanted to get them out of the way, like Hartford and the MSG shows. I wanted to just mm-hmm. get them out of the way. But yeah, there are some real gems on this tour. And some of them, not this show, because I think this show is highly revered, but some of these are like kind of low key great from this tour. Yeah, they were in they were in a good place on this tour because it would you were kind of in, you know, we're in the modern era now, so you're you you they're just in play anything mode. Like any night, you never know what what you're going to get. So, yeah, this is this is a good one. I got I got a lot of stats for this one. So the the stat people, the numbers people are going to be happy with this episode, I think. This is a very stat heavy episode. It's also like how many times do we talk about these backspacer songs that are going to come up? Right. Fixer is going to come up today. Force of nature is going to come up today. Uh, Got some is going to come up today. Yep. Really like, 
And honestly, that that feels low. That feels low for a backspacer tour. But also, when you look at the discrepancy of albums, 10 No Code both have four verses, Yield and the Dogs have three, Vitalogy has two, and then one for Binaural Riot Act and uh, the self-titled album. So everything... They, co- they covered everything. They really did. Yeah, they hit all their bases. Not, not to mention uh, that they did four cover songs as well. Um, so yeah, they kind of, they kind of hit on everything here and it was kind of one of those dartboard shows where you're just like, all right, here and there. And, and I think mm-hmm. we did one of those kind of shows from 2010. I want to say it was Newark. Okay. Where it was the same yeah. kind of thing where, you know, you know, they would do one, one or two from riot act, do one or two from, uh, from the self-titled and kind of hit everything. Yeah. I, I you know, th- this tour is so tough because you said it, they're in a good place. We have kind of made a habit of covering them when they're not so much in a good place. And I think drama, yeah, right. When there's drama, when there's, you know, like something to, to key in on, to zero in on, but like all, all throughout this, this listening to this show. And I listened to it a bunch of times was just like, okay, this is, this is about the music. This is straight up about the, the concert. And one thing that I have in particular that I was going to save, but I'm going to, I'm going to bring it up now just as kind of a, a spoiler, a tee up for this show to kind of tease or, or what, what have you. I, I think, and sometimes this happens in shows. I think there are shows that are much better to be at than to listen to on bootleg. And I think that this is one of them and not to say that this was a bad bootleg listen at all. It was not. I think that, the energy from this one, the type of songs that they were playing in the fashion that they were playing them, I think makes for a better live environment than listening to it on a bootleg and trying to kind of dissect what they're doing live. Because I think it's this one in particular is so much different than a lot of the other shows that, that we kind of do with that have a little bit more flow that kind of have this, you know, back and forth. This doesn't really have that as much. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, I think it's part of it is, you know, it's always better to be in the building than to be listening to it on a bootleg. But, you know, the bootlegs are are the best that some of us can do sometimes. Um, But yeah, this one is like a, you don't really get, a lot of times it's it's the crowd too. And like, we haven't done a Boston show. Here's, okay, here's, I got some trivia questions too. Do you remember the, the last time we covered a show from Boston on the podcast? Well, to be specific, I think it was Mansfield, right? If we're if we're playing specific well, here, I'm I'm saying I'm saying Boston. I'm not saying Massachusetts. We'll get to that later. Boston, yeah. Boston wise, just Boston, Boston. Uh, yeah. uh, the Orpheum. Orpheum. Going back to that. Wow. We remember what episode number that was? Yeah, thirty-two. Thirty-one. Oh, very close. <laughs> very close. Ah, those early ones just kind of yeah. choke me up sometimes. So it's, <laughs> it's been over a hundred episodes since we've covered a show from Boston. So we awesome. are, we are due for this one, but Boston yeah, proper the, as they say, yeah, the YouTube video, like doesn't really do the crowd justice. You, you feel sometimes that like the band is responding to the crowd, but you don't really hear it as well as you should almost. Uh, and the bootleg is obviously a, a little better if you, you know, they, they do a better job of capturing that, but still it's, I feel like these Boston's one of those nights. And he, he mentions this a couple of times where they, you know, you, they always go back to the garden and the Orpheum and, and some of these special crowds so they always bring it at these shows and yeah this is this is a good one 
Uh, so we're doing this one because it was a Patreon request from Tom Gregory. It was also a Patreon request from Jared Jackson. Jared Jackson is no longer a patron, but this one's still dedicated to him if he, if he would like it. And, uh, but, but Tom is, is a current patron and a friend and somebody that just wrote into us with, uh, a little sample of, of writing for, uh, for live on four legs.com and wants to write out for live on four legs.com, which is an open invitation for anybody else that wants to become a writer. It, it's always open and not even just writing concert reviews. We're looking to do other things as well. We're looking to do kind of blogs and, and kind of branch out a little bit. And, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about specifics and we'll talk about the kind of things. And I think the day that we launch, you'll see that, okay, here's what we're doing. We're doing things a little bit different than some of the other publications that are out there that are fan dedicated publications but we'll get into that maybe at some point but again tom tom requested the show and uh wrote a little story and and some bullet points here so he said for boston 2010 i don't really have a story with a good narrative or a punchline i just love this one other than the rarity filled show itself the only unique thing i remember is that i went by myself without a ticket and took a chance with a street ticket I ended up with a discounted balcony seat hovering right over Mike's side, which was a great view. Always leverage a fast approaching showtime with the sellers. Two things this show taught me. One, sometimes you just got to show up and good things will happen, even if you don't have a ticket. Mm-hmm. Two, it's not weird to go by yourself to a Pearl Jam show. I think both of us know this. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've had a few people mention that lately. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like going to a show by myself. I feel like you're not, especially if you're bringing somebody that's like kind of on the fence about it and, yeah. you know, they're not going to match your enthusiasm. You're just It kind of, it sucks the wind out of you a little bit. I like being able to just to just do it, to just sing and, and just kind of enjoy myself. And, you know, I, I, you get around strangers and sometimes those strangers become friends because they're doing the same thing. So yeah, yeah all, all of my I'm shows I've been by myself. Yeah. Every single one. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the next sentence is you'll always find people to chat with and rock out with. This is very true. And you have much more freedom to roam around the venue and attempt to move up to a better spot. So set list memories here. Number one, release was electric, showing the band early on that the crowd was in fine voice. Number two, backspacer performances were all really tight, probably the best force of nature version. All right. Number three, getting both Love Rain Over Me and Crown of Thorns, two of their most majestic covers. Number four, I swear up and down that I recognize Rival from the drum beat. Name that tune. And number five, and of course the wild set list overall, never thought I'd get push me pull me or undone or many of the other rare ones that night tom thanks for writing in as always and uh yeah i I think that that kind of says it all right there all right let the show begin and uh tom mentioned it it does begin with a very electric version of release Oh, 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 oh,
focus is really setting the tone here. And I, I, I like to emphasize the word tone because Stone's guitar tone in this is very interesting. It's kind of deliberate and bouncy a little bit more than kind of how release just sort of opens up and kind of gives you room to breathe. Like this is kind of setting you to a faster show kind of it's not trying to rush you through release it's just it's kind of complementing the other songs in the set list yeah i i agree stone like this this early part of the set is is stone like classic classic stone he the release is great the ending especially i thought it it really sounded good and you know this is another one of those release shows where you know we've talked about so many times when you get that as an opener, you know it's going to be a special night. Yeah, I, I love the ending to this with, with all of them together. You know, Mike and Stone and Ed just playing their hearts out. They really, I think, they really knew they had something special going on here. Yeah, and and like we mentioned before, uh, Mansfield shows happened in 2008. But the last time that they were at an arena show in Boston, I believe, was 2006 for two nights on that Avocado Tour, which is memorable for a ton of people because those uh, one of those nights they brought back Leash. So, uh, you know, definitely kind of coming back into the same territory here where they're they're recognizing, all right, this was a good crowd for that. So let's let's do sort of the same thing. Animal follows up release and it's animal into the fixer and you can kind of you know it's a great sing-along and you can you can kind of tell how the crowd is reacting to it uh the crowd was really reacting to release and the crowd kind of brings that same enthusiasm and energy into animal and it's it's an adrenaline rush already it's already up to a fast start yeah and then it and then the fixer just comes on and i know I, I think I think they thought that it was gonna fit in this early spot, but it just doesn't have the bite. It it's not fast enough. It doesn't have the energy. Yeah. I mean, as, again, as, as as much as Stone tries, like Stone's into it, he's bouncing around over there, playing it, but it just it this is not the right spot for it, and it's it just drains kind of all the energy out of the set list. I thought I completely agree with you, and the only thing that I'll say is that. Maybe in 2010, you're thinking a little bit different because you kind of have this understanding that it's still an album tour. They're still kind of promoting the album a little bit. So this was the number one song that they were promoting, at least the first single. So you'd have to think, okay, it's going to be in a prime spot. Every time that I saw it on this tour, it was somewhere hovering around here. But yeah, I agree. It overall does not work i think one of the pj20 shows it was number song number two i think they did like wash and into the fixer Hmm. or release into the fixer and i thought whoa that just sucks the wind out of it already and i don't want to say it did suck the wind out of it but it just like i don't know It, it, it it isn't a good fit especially and this is not to say and say anything about In My Tree because I think this version of In My Tree is excellent, spectacular. But you're not going into another like just banger, and it doesn't have like it sticks out because of that. I don't yeah, know if that makes any sense. Definitely, it felt like, and again, it. I think it's them thinking that it does. Like they, like you said, they played it early on a lot around this time, and I. Oh yeah. And again, and then it just dropped, and they hardly ever play the song anymore. No. So I think they eventually came to that realization that, like, this song just kills 
any momentum because it's it's a it's a fine song it's mid-tempo it's melodic it's kind of a you can kind of bop and dance to it but it's not like a like a rager like a get the crowd like fired up song that i think they thought it was going to be it's not even it hasn't even turned into really like a sing-along what so what do it, you th- it's just very strange what do you think is the spot for it perfect set list yeah, yeah maybe like mid right. mid to late in the first set maybe when you're just kind of like you're kind of just fitting in things before you build up to the end like that's where sometimes you get like a b-side like like kind of where where got some is at this set or that's you know, exactly what i was thinking they'll they'll throw in a rare one sometimes you get like a leather man there or something would you package it with got some more often than not or would you separate the two is, is yeah, that a killer maybe on this tour maybe but that now definitely. oh no not now no no, and no, like, no, no. You know, i'm, I'm I, mostly meaning 2009 2010 and like and you're famous for like you know you didn't like got some in the encore i think i don't the like, encore, like it just doesn't it's just not that kind of song and it's and it's and it's the whole backspace for like it's just not that kind of album it doesn't have those like really you know with a couple of exceptions it doesn't have those really anthemic like emotional soaring kind of songs right. like you have you have unthought known you have just breathe you maybe have amongst the waves but that's it yeah it's a short album but you're right a lot of those songs are kind of tweener songs that you just really yeah. don't know what to do with live I, I had mentioned it two seconds ago but in my tree follows this up and in my tree was actually starting to be utilized around this spot because i remember i went wow. to the chicago show and i think they opened up hard to imagine into last exit into in my tree and i thought that that was kind of interesting like you're you're sort of redirecting the balance of the set very early on and that's what they're doing here but it doesn't necessarily bring the mid-tempo energy it just builds to get to that that big energetic moment it's great yeah i'm I'm with you there's there's a little bit of a false start like matt hits the drum beat earlier when ed turns around and looks at him like oh we you're what um but it oh my god it picks up immediately and there's it's that moment when when Ed goes to put on the guitar right before the solo section at the end. And yes. It just no everything sign. just comes together, and, and you can just listen to it, and just get lost in how good it is. Everyone's pushing. You know, sometimes I talk about that surge that you get when like everyone's pushing and everyone's everyone's just locked in completely, and it's like the the sum becomes greater than the parts.
that the mannerisms from everybody in the band are, are very upbeat. The band is loose and just enjoying themselves. And a lot of the shows from this tour, there's no real negative energy anywhere. I think that, you know, Backspacers is a pretty light album and, and it kind of reflects what they were doing in, in, in these tour years. But, you know, they were just in such a good mood. This is a Monday night show, too. You mm. think... Obviously, Boston, like Monday night shows in Boston are probably better than a lot of Saturday night shows elsewhere. But you have to think they're on the road for for a while. This is kind of mid middle to end of of uh, this little leg here. Maybe usually they would get kind of tired and this would kind of be an off show, but they, they don't take it off. They're, they're just enjoying every single moment of this. And I, I think you're right with with everything that this song brings from uh, from Mike to Matt uh, just kind of working together and the soaring solo works. It's perfect and continue to set a tone for the rest of the set. Definitely. Yeah, they, they usually save those off nights for a place like Hartford. That's not true in this instant, though. <laughs> just, no, just, because Hartford 2010 is is a lovely show, I'm and I just, recommend it to I'm everybody. Just messing with you. Um, Ed says, yeah, in my, go ahead. In my tree's big, big highlight of the show. Fantastic. Yep. Ed says here, we're going to have to work for it tonight. And they mentioned they played 27 Massachusetts shows, mostly in Boston, some in, I think you, you guys did Springfield a couple of weeks ago. We did. Uh, we talked about Mansfield, they've done Worcester, and Worcester was after this, so that doesn't even add into the equation. So I think now, with two Worcester shows and four Fenway shows, that's uh, that's 33 shows now, which yep, is a lot. That's right. Do you know, here's here's trivia question, trivia time. All right, let's go. Do you know, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you know, but maybe the listeners don't, so maybe we'll figure this out. Do uh, you know where Massachusetts ranks in the list of states with the most Pearl Jam shows? I actually don't. I actually okay. don't. I uh, I feel like we, we have done this before and we have figured this out. It's been a while. It's been a while. Right. It's top five. I know that. It is. It is. Do you know what number one is? Start there. Washington. No. It's not Washington. It's hmm. not Washington. There's one state that has almost double the shows that Washington has. California? Correct. Okay. There's so many places to go in California. And, and the yeah. Bridge School. Yeah. Right, right, right. California, right, right. California number one, 106 shows. Oh, boy. Wow. Damn. Yeah. A lot of early stuff, a lot of 91, a lot of 92. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of, but yeah, a lot of San Diego, a lot of, a lot of L.A., Think about it. All, a lot of places to play there. Lal, so. A couple times on that Lollapalooza tour, they were down there three yeah. dates or so in Irvine. Yeah. Uh, state number two. Take a guess at what state number two is. Well, I mean, now I'm not very confident that it's going to be Washington. I feel like Washington has more than 33. I'm confident in saying that. Okay. I'm going to say it's either New York or Pennsylvania. Uh, I'll go New York. New York is correct. Okay, New all York right, is correct. Sixty-six. Ooh, wow. They've got a they've got a long way to go to catch up, but they're getting. Yeah, there. I don't think I don't think that's happening at this point. But so okay, we're gonna three. keep going here. Yeah, we just we're gonna get to Massachusetts. <laughs> this number this three, is how you know we have a slow set. That's right. Washington, fifty-five okay. through there, and then uh, Massachusetts in at number four with thirty-three. Pennsylvania only twenty-six. Really? Surprisingly, enough. is that number yeah. five? Uh. No, I think Texas has 30. So Texas has more than Pennsylvania. Wow, yeah. with all those yeah. Philly shows that they've done. 
Yep. They haven't even been back to Texas since 2013. Yeah, but remember, I think we, we mentioned it too. They, they didn't play Philly for a long time. There was a bunch of years where they didn't play there. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. But I thought that in those years they played like Hershey or something like that. They kind of made up for it in the Pennsylvania area. But that that's that's crazy. I didn't even think about yeah. that because Camden counts as New Jersey. Correct. Wow. Uh, by the way, speaking of Texas, Live on Four Legs has never done a Texas show. Ooh. That's changing. I think we're doing one this year. I think we okay. have one on the schedule. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, never done a Texas show. Interesting. Believe it or not. All right, back into the set list here. Uh, I think I mentioned the the 27 shows, uh, and then Ed, Ed mentions a bunch of small town names. I didn't write them all down. Holden and Norwood were the two that kind of stuck stuck out to me. I don't know if you have all 20 of them that, that he said. but they, they all got a good response. It sounded like there were people from all of them there. I, yeah, I would think so. People travel. People people in Massachusetts will travel to go see them. Yeah. But, uh, of not, course, not, that's going to... Not gonna, too long to go. Not too far to go. Oh, no, no. Uh, elderly woman, force of nature, given a fly in this little section here. And the, the point I want to make here is that it's weird having force of nature in the middle of it because these two songs are so powerful and you're kind of you're breaking them up. And I feel like putting them together make a lot more sense, you know, for actually mm. for, for a set list that's not in an album touring year, I feel like they would do that a lot more, but, and Force of Nature would be the weird one to choose because they, they played it less than 10 times. Right, right. And, but I, I think Tom was right. I think this may be the best Force of Nature. It has a little bounce to it. It's got a little bit of an edge to it. It has a, a fantastic solo. I, this really stuck out to me as, as, as being good. Cause you know, you see Force of Nature on a set list and you're like, oh, okay, you know, time to time to look at my phone or time to do whatever this is just going to be you know by the book's performance but this is great it, i thought this was fantastic and yeah only they only played it one more time after this at msg and it is it has been gone for you know over 10 years now yeah and and it, it was a good performance i thought mike was, was. A, was a standout on it yeah. and you know for what the song is i don't hate the song um, I, I, I'm surprised that you said something positive about it, though, because I, I thought that yeah, you know, most too. certainly this was kind of a lower spectrum backspacer song for you. It is, and I never think about it. Like, it's just one that I, you know, you asked me to list Pearl Jam songs. Well, you'll be here for a while before I get to Force of Nature. Sure. Think about it, but right. Yeah, this one, this one surprised me. It was, it was good. The band doesn't do the song any favors by putting it in between two powerful arena anthems like that. That's and true. maybe yeah. maybe that's why it only got one more play because they didn't really know where to go with it. And so. it's, the, it's the same thing we talked about with Fixer too. Like, it just doesn't carry momentum well. Sure. Like, it just, going from small town to giving a fly, you expect that to be, like, you know, we talk about those waves, you know, you need the wave, like, force of nature just... There, it is no wave. There's yeah, there's it, it's neutral. It doesn't yeah, it doesn't doesn't do anything for the set. So it's just one of yeah, one of those weirdly tempoed and paced and backspacer songs that that doesn't really fit anywhere in a set. You almost need a little mini set of backspacer songs. They they be they can be their own little thing, but right. But yeah, also, just, you want to separate those because you never know if people aren't into the album as much. Right, do they right. kind of get sucked out of the show? You just never want that to happen either. 
So it's yeah. uh, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of shit. But, but again, um, you know, not it, it's too bad this because you know looking at it and you're like, oh well, after this they stop playing and you expect it to be kind of a kind of a bad performance or like someone missed a cue or like it was off. No. But no, it's it's, it's a great. great it just moved on. Song. Just it's just one of the things where I think Ed the same way like this just doesn't fit anywhere it just right. it's, it's just doesn't do anything for the set right wherever you yeah. put it probably not getting it's it's not a, like a sing-along song it doesn't have parts that the crowd can really you know like unthought yeah. known there's so many that you can respond to there are responsive moments in just breathe there are responsive moments in amongst the waves uh there it just doesn't happen with this song that's probably why it got kind of chopped off uh, but Elderly Woman, Give It a Fly, both great performances. Uh, and now we're kind of dipping our toe a little bit here. It's the same kind of section here. Sad, unthought known, pilot. And instead of a backspacer song being in between two huge anthems, it's in between a lost dog and a complete rarity. So it's a different idea here. I think Sad becomes an energy boost because of that uh you know obviously given a fly you know raises raises the stakes and i feel like sad just brings it to another level i really really enjoyed this version of sad the build when they kind of get back into the chorus and it kind of revs up a little bit more it was already pretty fast version but it, it just gets yeah it just gets like a tail bit faster here it, it I, I like when they play it fast. I, it's, I know we talk a lot about how pacing and momentum in songs is, is good, but Sad is one of those songs I just want it to rip. that opening and you're like oh yeah this is gonna be good and yes like, the people who know know and, and they clap and yeah and it's it's great it's it's a little like infectious little earworm you know that little riff at the beginning it's so great and it it serves a really good purpose here yeah sad enough this is a good section i mean unthought known's cool it, like we've mentioned a couple of times already it is one of the ones from backspacer that that has stuck around and has become like has gotten some moments to it and stuck around uh, and it was pilot. just starting to separate itself from the pack in the, in, yeah. around this time. And and Pilot, too, it's, it's, um, I'm watching this and I'm like, this is just cool. It's, it's, it's a Jeff song. Jeff songs are cool. Uh, he's got that new solo record coming out. And I, I was even thinking about it like, man, I need to go back and like get into some of those Jeff solo albums. Even that first one that had that. He had that song "A Forest," which was, you know, rumored to be. It was the Pearl Jam tried to record it. I don't think I've ever gone back and listened to that song, even though I've meant to for years and years. So, this this kind of triggered me to be like, yeah, like I need to go back and do that. So, uh, shout out to Jeff, very cool. Uh, I love to play Pilot, deep deep cut for Yield. So, yeah, awesome. You get two Yield deep cuts here. One's about to come in a, in a little bit. Yeah, P- Pilot Pilot's cool because everybody's singing on Pilot. You don't yeah, get that. I a like lot. that. 
Yeah. And it feels like everybody's mic is up for most of these songs, even if they aren't approaching. It feels like everybody wants to contribute something to, to, to these performances, which is nice. You don't usually get that. Yeah, it's a cool visual to see them all. There's not many songs that have that, but yeah, Pilot's one of them where you get to see everybody up on the mic at the same time. Absolutely. 27 shows in Boston, but tonight we're going to fuck with things a bit. I hope you're happy about that. That wasn't obvious already. <laughs> right. Now now we're starting to fuck with things after, you know, Sad and Pilot. All right, now now's the beginning. Uh, hell, hell, Push Me, Pull Me, Even Flow is this little section. And I would think that here would be reserved for the Even Flow spot, but you're getting yeah. a song that usually isn't mid-set in Hell, Hell. That's that's up where, where the fixer is. Yep. You would think in a normal set, Hell Hell would follow Animal. Yep. Uh, but great version of Hell Hell. Push Me, Pull Me comes out of nowhere. Like, Ooh. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. push me pull me into even flow transition that we that we've gotten so many times throughout the years i actually want to look at the numbers on that out of the 13 times that push me pull me has been played the song after has been even flow twice so So, tied for number one with garden twice okay cool they like to they like to put it before 10 songs apparently uh, but no, I got a, I got a stat for you for Hail Hail. It's that time. Got it. All right. Can you believe since this show, Hail Hail has only been played 35 more times? I. That is really hard to believe. That's criminal. That's really, really hard to believe. I know On we this haven't tour. had shows in three years, but it's so really eight years of shows. Only 35 yeah. times. And they've 208 before this. Right. I, I mean, they went through the whole entire 96, the whole entire 98, most yep. of the 2000 yep. tour where they played this yep. every night, like not not kidding. Maybe even Flow or Alive would get uh, taken out of a set in, in 98. But Hell mm-hmm. Hell was there every single show. I think Hell mm-hmm. Hell and Corduroy are the two that are there every single night. So it and shows even Flow, even Flow has been played like 180 more times since the show. Wow. I mean, those are telling numbers. Even elderly woman has been played about 150 more times. Yep. Yep. That's that, that shocks me with Hail Hail because I thought that was much more common that you would get early, but of course. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think that has to do with probably the same thing that this show has is that you're saving some of the early parts. When you think of the lightning bolt tour, mind your manners is going to be number two or number three or lightning bolts going to be number two or number three. And, and even with those shows that have the slow burn openers that have three songs and then get you into the set, you want to get into the lightning bolt songs quicker than you usually do. And, and because corduroy is, is more of a staple than, than hell, hell you're usually getting that instead of, instead of the latter. Yeah. That's only like one out of every six or one out of every seven, maybe. You know, my math probably not right there, but 
yeah, that's that seemed way low. But Hail Hail Rips, I mean, it's a fantastic version. Like I said, weird, weird spot for it usually earlier, but give it to me anywhere. Love it. I mean, a, give me a Hail Hail to end a main set. Oh uh, yeah. Let it let it just let it just rip that ending. It's fantastic when that when the bridge hits. Oh, it's so good. Push me pull me's push me pull me's weird as you want it to be. The intro's weird before like before they get into the kind of straightforward, like kind of pop punk part that they turn that part into. Jeff is awesome on that super weird intro and they nail the ending. Like you see Jeff kind of look back at Matt like and stop. Yep. <laughs> and even Ed points like, Hey, we did it. Like, good job, guys. <laughs> that that was a cool moment. I love watching and push me, pull me. I, lo- I love watching or listening to the crowd reaction when they figure out what the hell it is, mm-hmm. because that intro with kind of like you're kind of getting a haphazard drum beat a little bit and then some bass and it is sort of rambling and it's a deep yield cut. And some people don't go that deep into yield. I, I, I don't I don't stop yield. I, 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 I listen to every single track. Obviously, you don't, you don't yield to yield. I do not yield to yield. I think that those lyrics aren't recognizable at all. And then kind of when he gets to that push me, pull me, pull me out part and then back into into the chorus a little bit, people are like, oh, that's what it is. And you kind of hear like when one person figures it out the rest of the people sort of audibly come in and they're like, Oh, oh okay. I know what, I know what this is. I know what this is. And that yeah. especially happened for this time because they brought it back after a massive delay before one of the spectrum shows, it got in on spectrum week and then it came back. This was the first time since the spectrum that it came back at the MSG show later that week, which I was at and had that exact reaction, like, what the fuck is this? And then when I realized it's Push Me Pull Me, I'm like, I did not know that this could be a pop punk song, but I fucking love it. Yeah, I would venture to say probably 75% of the people do not know what this is at the show. And that just makes it awesome. If I heard that bass come in, I would freak the fuck out. Like, I would love <laughs> to hear this. I, I've seen it twice. I've been lucky yeah. enough to see it twice and I, I would, I would kill to see it again. So hopefully, you know, they're thinking about like 30 plus song, 30, 40 songs that they're, they're going to get warmed up for the festivals that they're doing next month. Hopefully push me, pull me is, is part of it. I would, I would Don't highly, hold your breath. Yeah. highly, highly, highly doubt it, but you, you never know. Crazier things have happened. Ed mentions the next song is dedicated to the life of Boston resident Howard Zinn. He loved being introduced here on the stage a few years ago, and then he goes on a little bit about how he wrote a few songs that were hopeful and that used a couple of his quotes. Uh, The one that comes to my mind immediately is Down, and that's usually the song when they mention Howard Zinn in Boston. That's usually the song they end up playing. But on this night, of course, even with the most common or one of the more common Lost Dogs, you're not going to bring that up. You're going to bring the one that they almost never play and the one that they haven't played since this night is undone.
five out of five here. Another one that just this was the ending of this is we're talking about so many of these that have just yeah. this is kind of the end of its run. And this is another one. Like, how have they not played this since 2010? It's so good. It's a great song, I agree. And I I, I can't put my finger on it. The only thing that I can think is that does it hold its weight with you know, because when you when you think of other lost dogs that are that people kind of salivate over like Fatal and Hard to Imagine and other songs like that, and that maybe the band feel a little bit more confident about maybe this one is just because there wasn't a lot of fan hype over this song maybe that's why they've kind of stuck away from it a little bit that we talked about that with with force of nature being kind of a set killer and this is not that i think it it has a good vibe to it they even add a little breakdown to it like it gets real quiet like they throw something in that's not in the the studio version which makes you think like okay they like worked on that they practiced it and for them to just after this, just be like, no, never again. It's just uh, surprising, sad. I don't like. I don't like it. I hope this one comes back at some point. Yeah, I, I agree, and I think it's one of those songs. And I'm a little surprised that they brought it up here. I think they just brought it up for for shock value. But it's one of those songs that sort of kind of comes in. It's very specific. The lyrics are very specific. It's very time period specific. Uh, so I wonder if they were gonna do that um you know 2020 election tour if this was gonna be part hmm. of it maybe you know maybe one or two yeah, nights we'll never know yeah. if they did massachusetts or something like that would they bring it up um yeah. but yeah I, I fully agree i really like this version and i i'm a little disappointed because the the lightning bolt tour brought back a lot of those kind of songs for the first time in a long time like let me sleep and and other songs that we could be here all day kind of mentioning and mm-hmm. and this one didn't get the call up uh but I, I i really i really do enjoy it and and one of the things that i kind of the ending that i didn't realize out of the ending is that the ending to me i i almost thought that it kind of sounded like that breakdown in black red yellow before they're going into like the last chorus maybe right after uh rodman's answering machine goes off it kind of okay. felt like that it kind of had huh. that like tee up to it just the yeah. ending of the song okay I would never so, have connected those together, but okay. I never would have either until I listened to it. I'm like, I think the first thing that came to my head is I'm on fire and like, I, I, and then I'm like, wait, wait a minute. Why, why do I know this? Why is this familiar? And, and that's obviously the reason. So, yeah. uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll kind of mess with it in the, uh, <laughs> in the credits of the episode yeah. or something yeah. like that. And we'll, we'll see if it works. But, you know, uh, we, we, we've talked about so many stats, you know, I, yeah. And then this reminded me too, you know, Live Footsteps has that, you know, the orphan songs on their front page, or whatever. Like, so many so these songs haven't played in so many years, and like we're hitting on a lot of those tonight. We really are, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're 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 not going to get just a girl, but we're we're hitting on a bunch of the the top five, top ten here. Yeah, no get rights or you know, obviously no arc, but yeah, these are these are definitely up there. That's for sure. Okay, now. Not some rare stuff, but like some kind of uncommon little goodies here. Not for you, Red Mosquito, and uh, got some. Uh, so, uh, back to last week where we mentioned Ed's table and how many were sitting at Ed's table. Just seats, just one. This one, it's seats four. There's no room for more. 
I like, again, I want to go back to that because I said like, that's a good indication of where Ed is in, in his life. You think when... he got that surgery? He's like, shut it down. No more. Yeah. Right. <laughs> did he get it? I didn't. I did don't he know. actually I'm do just it? saying that if you're, you said, he says it in the song, no room no for room no more. For... So shut it down. No more. I, I mean, I'm not that. speculating on that. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. you you made you made spec. You, you called me out on speculations last week. I'll call you out on speculations this week. Fair I'm enough, not speculating on that. Yeah, yeah. We're, hey, I'm just I'm is... just I'm just inferring things from the song. I'm not implying anything. <laughs> I think two is enough. I think that's that's just what he's saying. He didn't okay. say anything about a specific procedure that would prevent him from having right. five. You know, seats just five. But right. uh, great version of for you i thought the modern girl tag on it was was excellent uh just kind of brought it down alert. a little stone solo alert stone solo alert uh, oh my god you get a couple of these in this mm-hmm. show oh mm-hmm. uh, you gotta wait we gotta wait like a half hour before we talk about it again but there's another great talking about talking point about stone solo oh my goodness yes yeah agreed agreed and uh, you know mike solo alert because red mosquito holy mola i like i feel like we haven't covered this on the show in months i don't know why huh yeah it's just one of those songs for us it it just kind of it comes and goes to here today gone tomorrow kind of deal and And i love that they're splicing in these no code songs too in this main set just every every few songs one pops up i love it yeah four in total that feels that feels pretty hefty for for that album but they're they're probably outside of not playing present tense they're they're the best ones yeah i'll agree not that there are bad ones on that record, but I'll agree. Yeah, I, I, I don't think you can go wrong, but like getting no-code songs in this era does feel like a bigger treat because it does feel like the album is kind of one of the ones that gets left behind. That and yeah. Binaural yeah. don't have like the specific, especially you said you said it before with Hell Hell, how little they play Hell Hell. That should be an indicator right there that, that once you get something no-code, that, that is special to keep it. Yeah. But Red Mosquito also has this little like pre-song chord strum that sounds like kind of like that little mosquito bite, I call it, uh, sound from Mike. And it kind of gets you primed and you feel like if you're in that crowd, ooh, that sounds a little like Red Mosquito they get into the song. And, and I feel like if, if, if that's me, I'm, I'm totally down for it. Like that's, that's a moment that kind of strikes me. Yeah, love it. Absolutely. Uh, got some is, is existent. That's that's what I got. Here's your here's your follow up stat. You ready? Follow up stat time. Let's we do talked it. about Hail Hail had only been played 35 times since this show, right? How many times has Got Some been played since this show? Take a guess. That that little thing is like Jeopardy. That the beginning. Mm-hmm. You can use that. Uh, uh, got Some's probably been played like 80 or 90 times. I'll say like. 35 I'll, I'll go with the same number 35 twice as many 70 almost 70 times since uh, this show got some has been played twice as much as hail hail i i i don't know what to say yeah i don't know what to say that that yeah. to me is an egregious mistake yeah i i Again, know that no, i know that you got like some, the song. it's i do i don't mind the song uh mike and jeff are kind of playing around having some fun with it i thought that was cool fun moment it's just like it's there, like we we get into that with these with these late era Pearl Jam songs, right? Supersonic is their take on the Ramones. Hamadri Manners is their take on the Dead Kennedys. Dance of the Clairvoyance is their take on Talking Heads. Got Some is their take on Devo. Like that's what it is. It's their yeah. it's their homage song. So eh, enjoy it for what it is. 
but yeah, yeah it, it's not it's not a heavy hitter it's not a big emotional soaring moment they, they and they can't all be i'm not saying they all have to be right but it's it's just it's never really clicked live and i remember you know hearing it on when they played it on the tonight show with conan on the conan's first show on the tonight show thinking like oh this is going to be cool and it just it just never turned into anything yeah i i think for me and i should have guessed more because the the show all the shows that i went to in 2013 i think they played gotsam and they played it mostly in the encore they know you love it well it's that and all night that they seem to kind of just keep following me around and i don't know why like okay these songs are are songs but they're not you know my kind of songs but I, yeah, it just after a while, like I feel like that last show that I went to in 2013, after seeing it so much in that tour, I was just done with it. I was just after one time is fine, two times it's okay, I get it, and then three or four, you're just you you want something else. You just want something, new. and I know that I'm the minority because they're playing to a crowd mostly that is going to see them for one and one one time only. So if they want got some then then fine but i i don't see how anybody would want got some more than they would want hail hail i i like let's poll the audience here yeah how many people want got some how many yeah. people want hail hail i think it's going to be like 90 10 yeah i'll just put it that way but, but i mean it, you know got some's got it's it does kind of kick in like when the solo kicks in it like it rips a little bit it gets a little bit of edge to it so but they they kind of never it never found a spot in that early section with where we talked about where the fixer is right right yeah I, I, this this one is is another one that they just kind of seem to keep moving around and and trying to find a, a spot where it works and I don't know like here is okay as long as it's not in the encore I'm okay with it existing but uh, <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 another one that like. It's it's a, it's almost like a set killer. Like it doesn't do anything for the set. Like we talked about yes. so many of these songs. It's it's just so different than all these other songs that like you're kind of like okay, and like you know you might kind of like oh it's kind of a it's kind of Bob a your ball, head a little bit dance to yeah. it a little bit like oh that was fun. It's not one of the ones that you're gonna remember like after no. the show and be like oh that was awesome. No, no, you know, like like think think of like the next song that gets played. Like that's a big moment because everybody knows it. Like it's absolutely it's become it's it's anthemic. Like everybody like these backspace songs. It's just it's they just they're so they stand out so much in this set because like they just don't they don't fit in. They're just they're so different. Yeah, uh, more on that at some point but I, I i'm itching to get into state of love and trust and why go here to end your set and um i've been looking for this version of state of love and trust forever where ed holds out the listen part for longer than the part is like kind of going into the do this one myself this version has exactly what i wanted like how perfect is that? i it just kind of hit me that i'm like whoa i remember hearing this somewhere i thought it was a show that i went to and apparently it wasn't and he extends that part and just can, it's kind of like in black with, with the all all B line just, just goes with it and it's freaking awesome
mic comes over to where he's singing and it's like playing right to him. They're kind of like staring right at each other when they're playing. It's sure. a really cool moment. And yeah, they're just kind of feeding off each other. You can tell. And like Cameron just destroys the end of it. Yeah, this is, oh, this is great, great state of love and trust. Incredible at the end there. Yes, just yeah. ripping a hole into the kid. Absolutely. Just fast versions of state. Kind of after a while can seem commonplace because I think a lot of people kind of want that groove back in the state of love and trust. But this one really made you take notice. This one was a good one, especially when you're getting laid into the set here. You don't know when the last song is going to be. It's happening right now. It's why go like ending on a good positive note is uh, it is definitely sort of the the mentality for this whole entire main set and uh why why go was kind of being used as a set closer a little bit in 2010 i think they went away from that for a little while and now why go is kind of you know another one of those songs that's within that three or four kind of deal where they play it real early but um you know this was this was great this is another one where they were all singing at the top of the stage all of them were were doing backup vocals and it just like had a ton of energy to it and it just it's one of those arena songs that shouldn't be taken for granted i know i know a lot of people will say uh the 10 songs i'm a little bit done with the 10 songs and this one's kind of predictable that you can get in the set i i I'll, i'll take it i'll take it every single night yeah i mean it's almost like the the 2010s have kind of recaptured the the magic of it you know and, and that hasn't happened with a, something like garden or deep but this one like people have definitely latched onto like it's a big moment where everybody everybody gets a scream why go home like that's this is one like the exact opposite got some you, all these people leaving the show were like oh why go was awesome to close the set like yep that that's a big anthemic moment and you you need those in these in these shows when you're playing you know 30 32 35 songs you need these kind of anchors of the set and like yeah we we haven't talked about why go very much as a set ender it pops up only a couple of times but yeah i, I didn't i didn't mind it at all you know you don't get a porch here but it's no. kind of it, you know you don't it's why go is not something they're going to give you to a long like seven or eight minute jam on but it serves the purpose it gets and the the theme is perfect like why go home we're going to come right back with the encore fits in perfectly I, I think it works in a lot of places. This this place, uh, especially it's, it's as well. A, it's a chameleon song. You can, they can put it anywhere. They can put it in sure. Encore One, Encore Two. They can, I saw, I've seen them open up with it. Yeah, anywhere for sure. And uh, speaking of Encore, we're here right now, and it's time for it's time to pause for station identification and talk about some of the things that are happening in the world of Live on Four Legs, which is actually a lot of things happening right now. You guys have been listening to us the last two weeks and we've been talking about the murderers row episodes well there's one episode that's part of the murderers row that you can only listen to on patreon because on the date august 27th that's a very important date for two reasons and maybe even some more that uh it's it that is the day that 10 was released and it's going to be the 30th anniversary in almost uh, almost a week like uh, basically a week and a half we're gonna have so, to start calling it dad 10 it's that old <laughs> it, it has reached that territory and you know say, say what you want but pearl jam is dad rock and uh that, that yeah 10 10 probably you know personifies it uh but we next week are gonna do the philadelphia 10 show on the main platform and we have left the munich 10 show 
for Patreon. So anybody that's on Patreon will have access to that. And right now we'll sell you guys on joining Patreon. And, uh, you know, it, it just costs a dollar a month for all of our ex exclusive content, including that Munich show that you'll get the very first show. And for a long time, the only show where they did 10 in full. That's pretty important, and that's pretty good that we have that kind of that kind of access to that bootleg. So uh, we'll we'll talk a lot about that, and and you go back into the archives too, the evolution episodes, and and Bridge School, and and some of the other ones that we've done, like Red Rocks and Piss Bottle Men, and, and we've done a lot, we've done a real lot, and uh, the community over there is great, and the people over there are great, and we try to get people involved as much as possible, in in you know kind of seeing where we can bring this show and, and, uh, and sort of figuring out what the next stage is for the show. Like a lot of the patrons definitely help with that for sure. Uh, $1, $5, $10 tiers. John, let's talk about the party though, because we next week, the day before 10, 10 and no codes, uh, 30th and 25th anniversaries respectively, we are throwing a little party and it's thanks to the patrons. It is. You know, we, we did this for with a Christmas party a couple of years ago, and we had a lot of fun it with it. Last year. Last year. Oh, the, 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 years, I know. the months are just dragging on. They um, sure are. But, we, you know, we've wanted to, to do this again for you guys. That one was a lot of fun. We're going to do some of the same things. We're going to do some different things with this one. But, yeah, we're, we're going to be unveiling the liveonfourlegs.com, which we're super excited about. We've been working super hard on that with, with Chris Everett and – I just can't wait for everybody to see it, and I'm really looking forward to that. We're going to have some great guests. We're going to have some music, and it's just going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. Absolutely. Yep, the Concertpedia is coming, and we like to think that it could hopefully be part of this very – uh, you know, prestigious uh, line of concert chronologies that Pearl Jam fans have put together in the past uh, over the lines of uh, uh, Five Horizons and, and Two Feet Thick. We we hope that we can reach that potential. And uh, we're starting from, you know, the, the, the later years. So you'll get the 2018, 2016, 2015 shows that weren't covered by those other websites that, you know, they don't have, there's no content for out there right now so that was really important to us that we get that out and that's going to be next thursday the 26th at 9 p.m eastern time send us a message please send us a message if you want to come make sure that you have the link for zoom and uh and we'll get you right in and and just enjoy the night it, it's going to be a lot of fun there's going to be a lot of stuff going on and uh you, you never know what's going to happen in one of these shows one patron to thank this week it's aaron mccauley thank you for joining the bonus leg aaron and uh if you want to join the bonus leg that's one dollar a month if you want to join the giga leg five dollars a month if you want to join the horizon leg ten dollars a month hey that horizon leg will get you a profile a bio on our on our website which is very cool you'll be able to see yeah. all the rest of the people that that have done that um and if you want that all you gotta do is go to patreon.com slash live and four legs or live and four legs on the patreon app so it's really easy and you help us out and uh yeah and then we give you the content like every everybody wins it's a win-win situation so. and you know we've got we've got 109 patrons now so with the, with the 30th anniversary of 10, you could be the 110th patron. Ooh, that's Person a great sign. That, that's, some, that's some synergy there. But yeah, yeah. hopefully, Aaron, hopefully you're checking out all the, the bonus content over there. Uh, let us know. You know, it's now's a great time to jump in. We, you know, we always say that, but 
the more of you guys that are on there, the more it makes us want to do. So we've got some some cool stuff planned for over there. We 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 need to do. We got. I think we've got another evolution episode coming up that we're going to start working on here. Yeah. And uh, we might have. Uh, been thinking about some some Devo ideas, so we might have something uh, something a little more lighthearted and fun to throw up there in the next couple of weeks. There is no lack of content, especially if you're joining right now. There are probably about 50 or 60 episodes that you can just listen to from Horizon Profiles to uh, Evolution, like we mentioned before, Bridge School, like we mentioned before, and then other just shows from like 91, 92 that are up there available for you guys. So uh, definitely head over patreon.com slash live on four legs. And now back to The Rock and Ed comes out thanking the Boston crowd. It's just him and Jeff on stage with an acoustic, which uh, is you know pretty much means. showing their hand. Yep, yeah. exactly. And they drink a bottle of wine together and Ed toasts the crowd and remarks on all the championship banners that are up there. B-Girl, it's a cute acoustic song. It's always a, like a nice touch and it's one that they don't do very often. I think they've done it more they've almost done it as much as they've done hell hell now they've right. played it like 11 times since this date so this is one that's followed me around i've seen it twice sure in my nine yeah shows. yeah you just never know what these ones. Yeah. i've never seen b-girl before and i and i say that because i i've actually have seen b-girl but it can, it didn't really count because i went to a sound check and and heard it okay but yeah, it doesn't, doesn't really count, count. no yeah. no but it was there at least uh, but you know, it, I, I never have much more to say except the only thing that I'll say about it is I think that every time Ed sings the "Those Who Can Be Trusted Can Change Their Minds" part, I think you should giggle every time he sings that hmm. because that's that's going back to the rock line version. Yeah. The the funny thing for me is watching Jeff really try to concentrate and not to fuck up while Ed goes off <laughs> right. like, on the lyrics when he kind of loses the melody and starts kind of ad-libbing jeff is just trying so hard to, to not fuck up and play because he's you know he's not a natural guitar player it's hard for those bass players you know i, I know for sure it's hard for those bass players to transition and play guitar it's, it's funny to watch him kind of concentrating so hard while it's just going off doing his thing yeah for sure yeah you don't even think about that but yeah it, it's it's definitely a different dynamic when jeff's out there with a different instrument that's for sure just breathe love rain over me um just breathe Full band. It there's felt bass. Like, there's bass. There is bass. There's there's oh my boom. God, I there's was so happy. There's Matt. It's a complete version, and it's a 2010 version. Like, I got love for it. Oh, fantastic. Nothing oh, wrong was, with it at all. And I was hoping when when Jeff came out with the guitar, and this is Jeff gets to play guitar twice in this in this show. Yeah. For him. Mm-hmm. I was I was so hoping. I was, I was watching. It's like Jeff, do not leave the stage. Do not leave the stage. Go back and pick up the bass. Right. play on just breathe and he does and it's wonderful yep that's that's the version right there not the acoustic eddie version that yeah you want i love the these full band ones so much yeah so absolutely. much absolutely listen to that that bass is the best part about the song for sure love rain on me though is just boy inspiring that's what i would yeah, say about this tom version. said majestic he's absolutely right mm-hmm yep just like you know, from from the way that Mike is wailing away in the solo to the way that Boom kind of intros the song, and Ed is shredding his voice to the point where, like, you think at one point he's gonna hold off a little bit, but he just at the end just lets it rip. Oh yeah, the end like <laughs> it's so Cameron good. is Cameron is just channeling Keith Moon, and then yeah. Ed does that final scream, and he is Roger Daltrey in that moment. Like that is a Daltrey scream.
Pete Townsend at the end of the song, which I yeah. thought was really great. Yeah. It just like another, you know, them living out their fantasy in that moment. You know, they're playing these songs because oh, yeah. he's when 16 years old in his bedroom. Exactly. When they were 16 years old, they weren't thinking about playing Pearl Jam songs. They were thinking about playing who songs. So that that means probably more to them than playing most other songs in the set list. So, yeah, that's that's why they keep doing them. Another rarity, they're not done just yet. Rival is at this show, the one binaural song. It went 200 shows in between 2003 and the Spectrum show, uh, one of the Spectrum shows. And this would be the first time since that Spectrum show. Uh, and then after this, there are two other performances in 2016, and that's it. We've covered both of those. And I've Toronto, seen one of them. Yeah, Toronto and Jacksonville, right. Yeah. Like, you would think with like all of the school shooting epidemics and yeah. shit that's happened, this would come back a little bit, and maybe they're just haunted by it? I have no idea. It's just one of those weird stone ones. Yeah. And yet another one that we're talking about that has just faded into obscurity. We're near the end yeah. of his career. And there's there's another one coming up too. We're not done with these. But I think you know, Ed Ed talked about earlier, you know, tonight we're gonna just fuck with things and we talked about at the beginning where they did pull out one song from each record that was out at the time. I think that these two here were not originally on this list here. I think that they they scratched those and put these on here just so they could get one song from each album. I think he did that on purpose because there's no other reason to have these two songs right here. Yeah, that's a good call because Save You isn't usually held for an encore kind of spot. And this is a short encore too. There's right. There's they would never. I don't want to say waste, but they would never use two prime spots in an encore, a short encore like this on these two songs. Sure. Yeah, you, you would think it had that to be some last minute restructuring and like, okay, we want to play one song from every album, but he was like, oh, I like the flow of the main set. I don't want to change anything there, but I, I, I got to think it was originally going to be two other songs here. Maybe you know, you think like a Jeremy or a Breath or like Porch or something, but they, I'm sure, I got to think that those were scratched and these were put here late in the game just to, just to fill that quota. Well, I can't find an official setlist picture, yeah. so I guess yeah. we'll never know on that one. Unfortunate for, for us. And it could have even done, like, before we even got to that point. Like, he has right. making it, you know. Right, no actual scratch-offs, just yeah. as, as he's going along, he, real, he comes to the realization. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, I think Save You is just kind of that transition almost in this spot to get you to Rearview Mirror to kind of... Because Rival is so different, and you... You know, while Love Rain or Me is like, okay, everybody's fascinated. I think maybe some of your crowd that doesn't get the idea that they're playing a lot of rarities at the show would kind of drown out a little bit after Rival. You got to pick them back up with a song like Save You that just has energy, energy, mm-hmm. energy into the song where you need that to, to hold up. You need the energy to hold up. And we're getting that classic Love Rain or Me into Rival transition that we've also come to know and love over the years so many times. Yes, I, I think that is so perfect and poignant <laughs> to just Pearl Jam as 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 beings. I, like, perfect. I, I don't... I think that that's where we'll end the set tonight. Good night, everybody. Like rival rivals the moment from this show. That's for sure. Uh, no, in that tune. Yeah, right. Uh, and a lot of people probably can't. And yeah, right. I would say some of them probably still can't. Oh, even even in Jacksonville, it took me a minute before when it, 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 when the drums kicked in. I was like, wait, what is this? 
Do you think that the next show you go to, you'll be able to recognize everything or no? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've For done sure. enough studying on that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and they, hopefully we fuck with the gigaton songs at some point. Right. Hopefully, hopefully we haven't ruined it for everybody else, but you know, we probably you just have. never sorry, know. Yeah. Bye. Sorry. Oops. We play a lot of music on this show that, that that's, that's our bad, but river mirror, you get a really tight, but bouncy bridge here. It's definitely kind of the show's identity and it's doing the, the little I'll forgive, but won't forget kind of part. Long and uh, forget, forget part. Yeah. He goes, he, he does a long little improv on it. It's juiced. This version's juiced. It just has a lot of energy to it. Again, like you want this song to kind of end the way the way that you structured this set. You had a couple of quiet ones and a couple kind of I wouldn't say questionable, but rival is kind of like okay, what are we doing here? It's another rare one, but it's not a crowd involvement song. So River Mirror needed to be sort of that happy note to to end everything on. Yeah, you again. After those two, that you need, you need a you need a big moment to end this. And yeah, Rear Mirror does the job perfectly. No, never a bad version. Never a bad version, Rear Mirror. I last week I learned that for the first time, right? Correct. <laughs> uh, Encore two, right here. Ed mentions that the cow has been spotted. For anybody that knows your Boston show history or Massachusetts show history, the last time that they were there in Mansfield, Stone had a little suckle of a nipple. Uh, he went for the utter, some guy with a cow costume went on stage <laughs> and stone took it upon himself to, uh, yes, to milk the cow. Uh, and yeah. So Ed asked him if his nipples are still sore from when stone put the udders in his mouth and asked if he put some cream on it and said he can't get the image out of his head. I thought we were going to get some Daniel Johnston here. I thought we were going to get some walking the cow, but that would have been was, cool. Yeah. It was, was not to be. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really know where to go with uh, on that because it's just that's an image that just sort of <laughs> is imprinted into your brain somehow. And uh, I, I did on Stone's birthday, we did a uh, a top favorite Stone photos. I believe that was a top three because yep. it just has yep. to be absolutely iconic, to be. iconic Stone. Uh, they take a request from a woman named Jen who they say should have been up front at the show and that's smile. And that's going back to what you said before about Jeff grabbing the guitar in this. And this is the fourth no code song in this show. Positive vibes. Everything sounded real good. Nothing, nothing against smile here. Smile is fantastic. Uh, weeks of reprise and a better man. Uh, uh you know, Reprise is just kind of the intro into it, and then Better Man is usually, if it's not life wasted, Better Man is usually the song. And this is one where Ed just kind of soaks it in, and you know, he does the 360 turn sort of when the song pauses a little bit, and he just goes back to seeing the folks behind the stage who he'll get to address in just a sec. But you know, it's more great crowd response, and, and you have to think from this version. A couple nights later is probably one of the best better mans of all time.
I'm gonna go ahead and spoil my my top three moments because this is the number one moment. The the camera work, whoever got this camera footage is cool. Shout out to them. Someone got him very close up and you see his facial reaction. And it's the most striking moment in this show. And he he's he hears the crowd singing along. And he breaks down a little bit, like he tears up. He has to like wipe his eye, because you're you're watching this dude. And again, like the song was written 22, 23 years ago. You're you're watching this dude go through all these emotions, like I said of, of looking around and seeing this and hearing, you know, 16,000, 17,000 people singing this song back at him. He just he just gets overwhelmed. And it is this this is the moment from this show and one of the moments from this tour probably and I'm surprised it didn't get up you know the, like I said the MSG version probably overshadows it in retrospect and like in the in the movie they you know they go back to that one but this one I think is is just as good it's it's that moment and then you know going into the save it for later reach goes off on the note and I know I'm all fucked up and I know I'm all fucked up and I know I'm all fucked up like he's that he's was prof- similar to last week's improv yeah, he's he's processing some some shit in this version. Like he's thinking about some stuff. Every every week, I sound like a broken record. Just, he wears his heart on his sleeve. You always know what's going on, and you could tell like this was a special moment for him. I thought it was really really cool. I, I agree. Number, number that tag, one moment. That tag is really charged up. It's a really great moment from this show. It's one that, especially late in the show, where you don't have a lot of these moments that are kind of come back. It's one where you can kind of soak in the audience and and realize that you're in front of one of the best crowds that you've ever performed in. And uh, yeah, un- unbelievable. Anytime you get it, like say what you want. People probably have seen it 20, 30 times by now, but like this is one to me, I feel like Better Man doesn't get old. Yeah, especially I mean, we, when you're there. We listen to this almost every week, and you, you, you think like, oh, the, here that you know the crowd's going to take over, but it's never just a moment to gloss over. It's always special. It's always like, oh yeah, it, it just you know makes your gives you chills, makes your hair stand up on your arm. Like it's it's special.
how are you going to follow that up? So Ed grabs a shirt or something that says glorified G on it. Stone noodles it for a second. And then he ends up talking about a girl who wrote a letter to band of horses and requested last kiss. But instead of playing last kiss, they're going to play the B side off the last kiss seven inch. And they're going to play it to the back. Here's an interesting note about soldier of love and playing to the back here we had made a statement at some point when we were talking about some song that was being played to the back about how cameron had the separate drum set Mm -hmm. i said the first time that i ever saw that and going back to my memory and what i've seen from other shows that i've watched the only other time the, the like going back i think the first time that i thought it was was buffalo in 2013 which is a show i was at and uh they did elderly woman behind the, behind the counter and this version actually has a drum set behind there there's an extra drum set so okay this is the bar now if there's one before this we need to know about because mm. yeah. I, I, I would be willing to say that one of those 2009 shows, there's, we haven't really touched up on that year at all. I would, I would think that one of those shows, they would do something like that. Mm. Yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to keep an eye out for that for sure. And yeah, and this is the other one here where they only played it one more time after right. this in Tampa 2016. And just a random night in Tampa on that tour, they just decided to bring it back. But another one that like has just disappeared so many we talked about five or six of these in the show that like have almost they've almost gone if not if not since this show then just one or two times since it's amazing i really do love soldier love too and it just kind of has this like it's a reminiscent of the 60s and really feels kind of like that early sort of rock and roll introduction phase and has a like a, the, the poppier vibe to it and i think I mean, it works he, so well for them too he always does it straight he always sings it like he means it it's, it's really good uh give me, give me soldier love over last kiss anytime. yeah i like I, last kiss i don't hate it i i would fully 100 percent agree with that i think so soldier love is the winner out of the two but uh yeah, I, that's that's weird. Why he would mention they requested last kiss, but they're gonna play the other song. Yeah, that's yeah. weird that he would say it. But you know, well, at, at least he mentioned her name. He doesn't do that <laughs> with everybody. Uh, Ed here, this is this is pretty. This is kind of like one of those things where uh, you know it, it it aged. It didn't age well, but it, it aged well, kind of things. We didn't sadly. plan this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ed mentioned Sean Penn, who's working down in Haiti at this time, supporting those that are affected by the earthquakes that were happening down in, down there in 2010. Stone talks a little bit here. He talks about a group called Partners in Health, and he said he was down there for a couple days going to the hospitals and encourages the fans to go donate and check it out. And, uh, yeah, I, I now we're back full circle 11 years later and there are fucking earthquakes happening in 80 again. What the, like another, yeah, they had another devastating earthquake on Saturday. It's like I a think, 7.2 or something. Yeah. What I last I heard that like over, uh, I know when I was just a couple of days ago when I was listening to this, it was 300 people had died. And now I think <gasps> I looked today and it was 700 people. It's terrible. Yeah. Just tragic. And that, that area, that, that region, like, it's just been devastated so many times and yeah, you, you feel for those people, you know, and, but like you wonder too, like we've got our own kind of shit going on right now with, with COVID and everything else. Like, 
what are what are we going to be able to do? Like, is right. is anybody going to be able to help them? Like, is is Sean Penn going to be able to go back? Is like, it's yeah, it's just it's horrible. And what's going on in Afghanistan it's, right yeah, now exactly. too? Yeah, oh my god! That, but yeah. Yeah, just just absolutely just when you this think that things world. right, when you think that things are headed on a on a decent track, it, it just kind of derails a little bit. So where our, our thoughts are out to to if anybody's listening down in Haiti or has have relatives down there or know anybody down there, our thoughts are, are with you guys. Hopefully everybody makes it out safe and alive. Um the next one, uh Ed has claimed to never be played in Boston before, and that's Crown of Thorns. I think that there's some statistical discussion about Crown of Thorns to be to be mentioned here because okay. after this date, they had doubled this one too. They played it 17 more times. That's right. So this, but yeah, no, no Chloe Dancer at this point. That didn't come until the next year. No, and I wanted to bring that to the conversation too. What do you like better? Do you think you need Chloe Dancer to have a more emotional performance of of Crown of Thorns, or you think yeah, you're I think fine? It, yeah, having it by itself is fine. Like, yeah, obviously love it, but adding Chloe Dancer because it's the it's the thing from singles that everybody knows, right? right. Everybody had that, so it's it's that moment of like when you get Chloe Dancer, it just adds so much more to the whole moment of it. It's so the atmosphere. It's just it makes it that much more special. Yeah, I think so. I completely agree. One of my favorite things at a Pearl Jam show is going through Chloe Dancer, listening to it, and then waiting for that boom, 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 and like listening to the moment where it can go and kind of directly go into Crown of Thorns. Like that's one of my favorite things to kind of wait for and anticipate. And you know, I I, I don't think actually I I, I know the exact date where Chloe kind of became more of a full time thing, and that's uh, September. 11 2011 in toronto right Uh, like that's that's a really important version of that song and i think after that they pretty much took it the whole way through and there are a couple versions here and there that are just you know singular crown of thorns but uh i i agree i think you do need chloe with it but it doesn't take away anything from what crown of thorns is and the emotional element that it has to it i thought this was a very good version you know what i'm I'm thinking after you know, we've got our, our evolution episode coming up on Given to Fly. I'm thinking we might have to, to do a cover song. I was actually thinking evolution. the same thing. This one might be a good one for that if you guys want to file that away. We might there might be you might be asked to uh, to put in your two cents on, on which one to do and this one would be a good one. There's a tough conversation to have between that and right. Crazy Mary that's, and that's Rockin' and Baba. I've got a feeling. I think all of those are producer. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. I believe in miracles. All those are good history. Great, great, great contenders. Absolutely. I think we can do some kind of tournament, whatever, whatever the tournament that we decide we can do. Uh, all right. This is your call for the end of the night here. It's alive and rocking in the free world. Big shows need these big moments and it's a perfect way to end. Uh, Alive has that kind of moment at the end where you're getting the War Pigs tag and that feel everybody's pumping their fist and they're singing along, chanting along with them. It feels like that big arena moment and rocking in the free world. This is an above, above average version of rocking in the free world and that is because Stone Gossard. Absolutely. Stone Soul Alert again. This is what we were talking about. Yes. Just just rocking the fuck out on that thing over there. He's, yeah, killing it. Yep. Fantastic version. He is dirty on it, and it's a great way to end your night. 
There's uh, a, wait, there's a we didn't mention too. There's a little other Black Sabbath tag in the live. Heaven and Hell. In the outro, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Just I, I kind of didn't catch really it. Really quick. Yeah. Yep. But very cool. There you have a 32 song set list in Boston, 2010. Wow, uh, a lot of rare stuff. A lot of stuff that you, uh, you haven't seen since, and and you probably never saw before. So we got to pick three of them. What we already know one that you're picking. Yeah. What are what are the other two? Oh, it's it's tough because like I want to I want to do in my tree. You know I want to do um, just breathe, just breathe with the bass. Um, but mine are going to be undone. Number three. Uh, Crown of Thorns, number two, just awesome. Again, Tom said it, majestic covers, and uh, that that Better Man moments, number one by by far. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm gonna go all different because I think you can. I think there are tons of moments where you can quantify them being part of the the, the top of the conversation, and one of the probably unsung heroes of the early set for me is Sad. I thought that this version was just rock solid, good, good fun early on. And, and one of the lost dogs that like just doesn't appear as much as other ones like set and down. I kind of think are the yin and yang where, you know, you usually get down. But when you get sad, like that's the one where they know that they're throwing in something special. Uh, sad was great from this show. I'm going to say, oh boy. I always get to this moment where I know number one, but I don't know number two. Uh, I'm going to say number two, State of Love and Trust, because I love that 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 part. Uh, and at the end, the lit, like, where he's holding that note, and uh, Matt at the end is fantastic. The solo is fantastic on that, and it's kind of rounding out the end of the set there. State of Love and Trust is never usually a top three moment for me, but uh, I'm going to give it its due here. I thought this was fantastic. And uh, number one for me, I think, is Love, Rain, or Me. I, I, like, mm. I thought that that was a wonderful rendition. And again, like how powerful the, the three key nucleus parts to this song, uh, boom, begins it. Then Mike in the middle, then Ed just finishes out so climactic and just perfectly uh, like great, great moment. Tom said it. You said it majestic really yep. was. All right. Uh, now we got to put a rating on it. So out of a skill of one to ten, what you going to give it? I'm going to give this a nine. Okay. It's up there. Yeah. It's not I'm... in the, it's not in the upper, upper echelon of like classic, classic shows, but it's, it's very, very good. It's, it's right below that. I'm, I'm right. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. I, uh, I'm in between an 8.5 and a nine. And I think I'm totally okay with, with pushing this one ahead of the, of ahead of the game and giving it a nine. And I'll say it's, it maybe has a little bit to do with location. And you know that when you're in Boston, you're going to get a good show. You're going to get, and especially this set has so much that you just don't see anymore. It's so eclectic that, yeah, it's going to get talked about and brought up. And I, I think even outside of Tom, other people that just bring up shows to us and say, like when we're saying, hey, do you like this version of this? Like, what's your favorite version of this song? And people be like, oh, from, from this show, I, I see Boston 2010 get floated out a lot when those questions are being posed. And I, I think a, a lot of our audience skews East Coast and skews Northeast. So that's not surprising. But 
it's, uh, you know, from all the choices that you have out there, and that's the one that kind of, you know, that, that rings in your head. So I'm going to, I'm going to give that a nine as well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you can't be part of murderers row month without just being a home run hitter and, uh, a nine show. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. Cool. Yeah. I like it. All right. We kind of teed up what we're doing next week, but let's Mm -hmm. repeat ourselves. Next week is the anniversary of 10 and the anniversary of no code. But this week specifically, we are going to be celebrating 10 and that's because we've had this plan for a while. We've done Moline. Uh, we've done binaural from Toronto. We've done, gee, what's the other one? Green. Of course. Yeah, we did Greenville. So we're, we're, we're slowly, we're slowly kind of chipping away at this and we're getting to the album shows and we're going to do two next week. The first one is probably going to be the big one to a lot of people. It's the Philadelphia 10 show from 2016 when they rose that banner, the 10 banner uh, for the sellouts in Philadelphia. And they, they start the show and go right through from once to release in the beginning of the set. And uh, a lot of people just have great memories from that show. So we're going to talk about the whole thing and kind of give the album it's uh, it's celebratory anniversary love. And for Patreon on the actual day of the anniversary, the 27th, which is happens to be probably considered to be the live on fourlegs.com launch, even though it's happening on the 26th, we're going to have a lot of content happening on live on fourlegs.com on the 27th that are related to no code and 10, by the way. But Munich, Germany from 1992 is the first time that they ever did 10 or any full album live. Obviously, 1992, there's only one option that you can choose. Uh, we're going to be doing that for Patreon. So patreon.com slash live for the legs if you're not subscribed and want to check out that episode and much, much more. So, yep, we're just continuing on this home run hitting pace. Any parting notes, John? Oh, just, yeah, this it's the it's the 27 Yankees. We're just getting started on this this, <laughs> this run here. We're and up yeah. to Babe Ruth. Babe yeah, Ruth hit almost, third. Almost, yeah. Yeah, the next week's going to be fun. I mean, talk. It, we you know we talk about these ten songs every week, but we're going to get to hit. We're going to get to hit every one twice, so it's going to be fun. Yep, uh, can't wait for it. And uh, boy, PJ Twenty is is going to be a big one too. So mark that on your calendar. That's the beginning of September. All right, let's close this one on out. This may be the end. We're here, but not for much longer. And although we may be parting ways, miss you already. Miss you always. And uh, hey. If you like the show, then make sure you're subscribed to us on the platforms that you listen to this show on, whether it be on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple, YouTube, anywhere. And for all you Apple listeners, we can always use the rating love. Give us a five-star rating. It'll help our appearance on Apple Podcasts. So whenever people search for Pearl Jam Podcast, we can be first. Hey, we like being up near the top. And, you know, if if you guys think that we deserve that recognition, then hopefully we can uh, we can maintain that. And uh, that that's the goal here to continue that. So uh, thank you, everybody, for listening in. And we will see you for Tenadelphia next week. 30 years. The cow has been spotted. Really, 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 really.